Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, is it true Elton John hates Chinese food? Because soya seems to be the hardest word. Uh, it's a sad, sad situation. I just thought uh, I'd share that with you. Where's my crickets? Hi, America. Hello, world. <laughs> my name is Adrian Lee, and I do not need crickets. Welcome to the show. <laughs> more questions than answers. The only paranormal news quiz anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, <laughs> unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you've just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you've just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I'm huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests. Somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. I have to tell you, what? my mother snores every week. My dad's getting sick of it. Back in the day, my mother was snoring. My dad was fed up. He woke up in the middle of the night. He decided to go to the medicine cabinet in the bathroom. He took a couple of Advil. As my mother was snoring with her mouth open, he just plopped a couple in, thinking it might help. My mother was choking. She woke up choking. She says to my dad, what do you think you're doing? And my dad says, you're snoring. So I thought I'd plop a couple of Advil in, and that would help. And she said, but I haven't got a headache. And that's how my sister was born. Oh, so snuggle under your covers and turn out the light the rules are very simple points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror what if I make myself laugh is there points available there I'm giving myself two points what if I'm shivering in horror <laughs> Then you shall get points as well. Anything you'd like to contribute, Michelle? I'm laughing. <laughs> of course you are. I'm funny. Everyone has two points. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming, and I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me start by introducing tonight's guests... Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. 
Heather's dad was an army engineer who specialised in clearing mines, but she didn't want to follow in his footsteps. Oh. Welcome to the show, Heather. Hola. Hola. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to share? Horchata. Fabulous. <laughs> it's almost like she's fluent. <laughs> Hang on. Chihuahua. <laughs> I also wish to introduce the mad and crazy Michelle Corrie. Michelle was born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle was very naive sexually when she was young. <laughs> Don't laugh, it'll make it worse. <laughs> I'm sorry, that wasn't the joke. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You mean you were behind the dumpster in Kentucky Fried Chicken as well? Maura doesn't have a KFC. Her first boyfriend asked her to do Miss, so she left and spent six months in Africa. Can you travel on your own when you're 14? Yeah. I'm also joined tonight by Adam and Sarah Hyatt of Sea Paranormal in Iowa, and they're producing the laugh track in the background. Adam tried to convince Sarah to get an organ donation card. He is a man after her own heart. Aww. 78 is a solid, reliable number. Put a suit on it and quaff its hair and we'll vote for it for president. A typical tarot deck contains 78 cards with 22 trump cards and 56 suit cards, would you believe? Whenever I meet another psychic, I say, you are fine. How am I? <laughs> for those of you old enough 78 was the rpm of the gramophone records not so long ago i went into a music shop and asked if they had any needles for my record player and i suddenly realized i should have just gone in there and said do you have any cannonballs it was completely <laughs> redundant in many respects in the christmas song the 12 days of christmas the total number of gifts given by the very end is 78 as 78 is the 12th triangular number. When I was a kid, it was Christmas Eve. I was only young. Only once? Only once. <laughs> okay. I'm I with you. walked down the stairs late in the morning. I couldn't get to sleep. I was excited. It was Christmas Eve. I walked down the stairs to look at my presents, my 12 days of Christmas. I sneaked into the lounge where the Christmas tree was lit resplendently. My dad was still organizing the presents under the tree. He was wearing very gappy briefs that he was sleeping in. He was bent over, organising the presents. He never saw me. I went back upstairs thinking my sister had a set of bagpipes at Christmas. Oh, no, no. We have an amazing mailbag this week. We were inundated with letters. Really? Emails, I love the mailbag. Mailbag. Messages. Michelle's had people writing to her from prison. It's remarkable. Yay, me! <laughs> I wonder this would happen if we took those photographs. She told me she was looking forward to it. <laughs> it I am. It's a fairly safe date, to be honest, isn't it? Do you see yeah, where I'm yeah. going? You don't have to commit, no, do you? No, you don't. This is where we are. <laughs> Diane and Alan in Florida simply posted, we love the show. Obviously, the only two sensible people living in Florida. I also suspect they actually moved there. <laughs> Yay, Florida! Martin, our regular listener and good friend in New York, has written, It's okay, Heather. Even Benedict Cumberbatch can't say the word penguin. 
Yay, yes. I'm in good company, so... He says, Pink, what? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> he then says you should get five points. I'm even in better company. Five points for not being able to pronounce a word properly. These are heady times. Oh. Lorna in Minnesota then simply posted abominable snowman <laughs> Good one. you guys have a very cruel sense of humor and that's below the belt i tell you martin wants two points and he never even brought up the word tesla coil so i shall give martin in new york <laughs> two resplendent Yay, points kevin in minnesota posted great show lots of laughs i i see he's spelling rehab is helping him <laughs> Michelle in New York says your show is the best. Can I have two points? Why not? Why not have two points? (laughs) Everyone's getting points tonight. Carly in Southwest Minnesota also posted, finally got to listen to some podcast. Oh my God. Hilarious. So thank you very much. Now give us some money would be my advice. (laughs) You can listen to our show. We are podcasting. We are archived. If you go to soundcloud.com and type in MQ. TA Radio will find our shows over the last three years. If you're listening in the car, if you're doing your housework, if you're walking the dog in the gym, (laughs) you can go to our archives. You're on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud.com. Search for MQTA Radio. Our archives over the last three years are on there, and we are a week behind. So if you wish to listen to last week's show, it will be posted on there now. And do remember, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that we can't read out live on air each week in a round called Not For Your Mother that will be self-explanatory if you go and listen to that final round of our show. We're also available on Facebook. All of our stories from tonight, all of our chats, all of the messages are on Facebook. If you go to more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, you will find all of those things there. We have over 5,000 followers on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips that's t-i-p-s for the international paranormal society we have eighty-five thousand followers on twitter we have a youtube channel more questions and answers with adrian lee with lots of funny outtakes and if you go to any good bookshop or visit amazon my book mysterious minnesota digging up the ghostly past at 13 Haunted Sites is now available. Halloween will soon be upon us. You do like Halloweenus, don't you? Halloweenus. I think it's a little odd that you're putting out your Halloween decorations at the beginning of September. I never put them away. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. There's they all just kinds become of... more prominent more... around that time. <laughs> Everything else gets pushed to the back and they suddenly arrive at the front. By the way, C.F. Elliott posted, I am bad. That's all he said, I am bad. But I think that was in reference to me telling the story about the ribbons last week and my dad snoring. So I do think that's the context of that. Finally, Jeff in California posted, congratulations to Adrian for using the term blipvert. First heard in 1985 in the Max Headroom movie. Jeff, I feel like I'm doing this show solely for your benefit. That's just a joy, isn't it? What a good spot that is. We have very intelligent listeners. Yes, on, I Ms. know. Morris. And you missed one of the mailbags. Oh, no. What did I miss? That said, working on Labor Day, catching up on MQTA, and the very lovely and intelligent Heather Morris, and some guy with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I didn't see that. I know. I... Some guy. 
<laughs> with an accent. Mm-hmm. I see where we're. I don't recall seeing that. I wonder why. <laughs> so no recollection of that in any way. I'm going to look that up. I want proof. You're just making these up. Who was it? Where were they from? I don't know. No, you I'll don't remember. Of course you will. You'd be sure to post that on more questions and answers. I'd, I'd look forward to seeing it. Now, we had a very busy week. We did. On Thursday, I was in Redwood Falls. Mm-hmm. If you remember last week, my lecture got sold out in Redwood County. I had to turn 40 people away at the door. I very kindly said I'd be back the following week. All the money for that talk went to charity, went to the non-profit organisation that is the Redwood Falls Historical Society. So I want to thank everybody who turned up to that. If you go to my Facebook wall or my Facebook site, you'll see all those people crammed in like sardines wanting to listen to my accent and all the ghostly (laughs) tales from around. Unfortunately, Miss Morris wasn't there. But I still managed to pack the place out, which is good news. We did two investigations. I'm getting too old for this. Uh This is a bridge too far, isn't it? Yes. Friday, I was going to say Saturday, Friday, this was the anniversary of a very famous battle last Friday. It was the Battle of Birch Cooley, took place in 1862. It was the biggest battle in terms of losses for the US Army during the Dakota Sioux Uprising. It was the anniversary of the battle. It was 154 years since the battle that very night. Can you imagine? What a joyous opportunity. How many people get the opportunity to go with a paranormal investigation team, the International Paranormal Society, have permission, I might add, to spend the night on the battlefield on the anniversary, the very evening of that battle. 13 US soldiers lost their life in that particular conflict. 47 were injured. 90 horses were slaughtered. The Native Americans lost two. Guerrilla tactics, of course, hiding in the long grass. Yeah. The U.S. military had the wrong ammunition. Everything went wrong. It was the biggest loss of life for the U.S. military in any conflict during the Lakota Sioux uprising. And we were sat there in the middle of that. Two of our team do reenactments. We arrived at about eight o'clock and it was dark and misty and there was long grasses on the battlefield. They came walking out of the mist in full period military costume from 1862 they looked amazing they did i wanted them to stand in the road and watch cars swerving in all directions (laughs) (laughs) as people were having heart attacks great that would be the way to go it would have scared me i thought that was fabulous so many thanks to pat and brian for doing that and there was a reason for doing that of course if you dress up and you engage and you play music of the period or you wear costumes of the period or have trigger objects from that era That's called the Singapore theory. And we wanted to see if anything would come through. Right. We also had permission for them to fire a musket. We were worried and we contacted the local police department and they've got period rifles, Winchesters, I believe. And they said, could we fire these muskets during the investigation just to see what happens? And the police department said, yeah, we have no problem with you firing muskets. We thought we would wake the local neighborhood up. In actual fact, there was guns going off all night in every direction. Yeah, there was. I wouldn't have wanted to have been in that bar. (laughs) It was madness like being in a wild west town. Unbelievable. I was there. You was there. (laughs) You were the cause, were you, of all those fights and arguments. There we go. This is why you need to stick to people that are in prison, of course. (laughs) So, 
several things happened. Do you want to talk about the horse that you saw? Because you saw a ghost horse, didn't you, on that battlefield? Yeah, I was only able to make it for the first vigil. But um, we, myself, Pat, and Brian actually saw what we believed to be a horse running through the grass. And it was a white horse, and it had an Indian soldier on its back. Or an Indian warrior. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you noticed there was no tack no saddle, anything like that. No, no, nothing. Other and it than kind of did a figure of eight and came yep, back and looked yep, to I you. Yeah, I could, I could see it looping, back and forth and back and forth. Bearing in mind, Brian and Pat are standing there in eighteen sixty-two military uniform. Yes, yes. That was just a joy, wasn't it? It was, and I haven't got a chance to go over a ton of evidence, but I did listen to some of the audio. And very faintly, especially when we were picking that up, you could actually hear Indian chanting in the background. That is true. It's very, very, very faint. And I don't think I'll be able to play it over the... the uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Just it's too just not, faint to pick oh up. Oh, God, yeah. But, it but is you there. can hear it. Mm -hmm. Residual hauntings. What a, what a fabulous opportunity. I'm, I'm blessed to do the work that I do. And the anniversary of the battle was just amazing. What was interesting for me is that we're there as paranormal investigators to see what comes through. My team saw a fleet of UFOs fly over. So we're stuck at the top of the knoll at Birch Cooley, right on the highest point. It's a star-spun evening. There's not a breath of wind. There's no cloud cover. It's an early September evening. Every single star is twinkling. We're looking up at the stars in the middle of the Midwest prairie. And all of a sudden, six pulsing lights suddenly appear in the south just above the horizon all in formation about half a mile apart i would put them but obviously when a plane's half a mile away from another plane you know there's only two or three inches in each one do you see what i mean from the distance and they're pulsing and they're not all pulsing at the same time they're pulsing irregularly and they started this was at about six minutes past 12 going into saturday morning they started moving across the sky in formation and it took them six minutes to go all the way across into the west. And just before they disappeared over the horizon, one of them went vertically straight up into the air and disappeared. And I turned around to my team, Kevin, who's uh, in rehab at the moment. <laughs> Stay strong, that's a, Kevin. That's a, that's a joke for all you people that don't know. <laughs> he was a sergeant in the Marines, an ex-Marine. He was involved with the police department as well. So I've got a really good witness next to me. His wife is a pharmacist. And I said, we all saw that, right? We all got that. And they said, yes. So I'm talking about UFOs during an investigation. I wonder if there was some energy from the battlefield or something involving that. Interestingly, Kevin said that if they were military aircraft, they would either be doing black ops, in which case there'd be no lights at all. Or if they were lit, they'd have a port and a starboard light and they'd be red or green. They wouldn't be pulsing white light irregularly. Do you see where we are? Yeah. So that's a very interesting phenomenon. So bizarre. There to do a paranormal investigation, I see UFOs. But lots happened and we will go through that evidence. And perhaps next week we will be able to play you some of those EVPs. Now, we're not done there, are we? By no. Jove. No. We're very busy. Very busy. This is why I'm worn out. On Saturday, we got a chance to go to a... An abandoned, I guess it's not abandoned, it's a museum, but it's no longer a railway station. Yep. It's been turned into a museum of railway memorabilia. Yes. In the small town of Danube mm -hmm. or Danube, but I don't think they were very, <laughs> I don't think they were very happy when I called it Danube. 
This is in Danube, named after, of course, the River Danube that goes through Hungary. It's a small town in Renville County. We went to the railway station there. That was very interesting for me because on the ghost box, I had a gentleman come through and he said his name was Ben. He said he used to work there. He then told me via the ghost box that he'd written his name somewhere in the building, almost like graffiti. All the station masters back in the day, or the porters or the people that worked there, the handlers, would write their name. And I said, well, where's your name written? And he said, it's on the wall. Lo and behold, when the lights were turned on at the end of the vigil, we then discovered, because I didn't know this previously, that there was a desk there that the station master used. And every station master from back in the day wrote their name on the desk. And when everything was stripped out of there, they took that desk lid and they screwed it to the wall. So we actually said his name was written on the wall and we turned the lights on and there's a desk lid screwed to the wall. I thought that was remarkable. That is. That makes awesome. me very happy. Yeah. We also did the courthouse yes. in Olivia. Yeah. Olivia was named after a lady called Olive, would you believe? Yes. I love the fact that you have names over here. You run this country so large, you just run out of names. Let's call that one Gavin. <laughs> Collinville. <laughs> What are you thinking? We won't go any further with that, but we did the courthouse. Have you got any comments on the courthouse? What have you got there? Uh, we did uh, one particular vigil there, and I was actually sitting up on the top floor right in front of the courtroom entrance, and I had set up a uh, EMF detector, a static detector, and a flashlight around that general area. At one point, all three were going off. The, the static detector, which very rarely goes off, went off. The EMF went off. It was also spitting out words on the iOvilus connected to the EMF detector. And it was saying things like homicide and she Ugh. and soil and bones. And it was things just connected going crazy. with crimes that you'd expect yeah, to find in a yeah, courthouse. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was very bizarre. I was in the records room with a fleur and saw a shadow figure walk through one of the offices. And I've still got, I've actually pressed the play button and videoed that. So I actually have that figure walking. That's so perhaps awesome. It's still a bit early for us to go through all yeah. the evidence. It's been a yeah. long week, but we will post those on our Facebook wall. If you go to more questions and answers with Adrian Lee, everything will be there for you in glorious Technicolor 2 peruse. We have a show. Yay. We run into the round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. I am on two points. Michelle's on two points. Heather's on two points. Diane Yay. and Alan in Florida are in two points. Martin in New York is on two points. Michelle in New York is also on Two points. Everything is to play for. The last surviving member of the Bee Gees revealed he has experienced life after death visions of his brothers and bandmates, Robin and Morris Gibb, claiming to have seen their ghosts. Barry Gibb says he and his wife Linda have been left deeply disturbed by the manifestations, but they have left them questioning whether there is an afterlife. How can you question if there's an afterlife when he's just admitted he's seen their ghosts? I know. Stay alive. Still... Stay... Yes, that's kind of ironic now, isn't it? <laughs> Michelle's experimenting with irony at the moment. The thing I like about that song is you don't know any other lyrics, do you? No. Nope. So when you're singing that, you hear your dad singing in the bath. <laughs> it's like, staying alive, staying alive. And then you, staying alive, staying alive. Did you say Danube in there? <laughs> I get $10 every time I mention it. <laughs> Beelzebub has the devil for a sideboard. <laughs> what? 
It's not fun because you're not quite sure what it's all about. If it was real, I saw Robin and my wife saw Andy. Maybe it's a memory producing itself outside of your conscious mind, or maybe it's real, the 70-year-old said. The biggest question of all is, is there life after death? I'd like to know. The father of five lost his three brothers, Andy aged 30, in 1988 after years of drug abuse, while Morris passed in 2003, aged 53, following complications from a twisted intestine. Barry says their deaths had a devastating effect on those left behind, especially their mother who is now 95. Mo was gone in two days. Maybe that's better than long and tortured, which is what Robin went through. Andy went at 30, all different forms of passing, and our mother is devastated. As the Bee Gees, Barry, Robin and Morris Gibbs catalogue of hits include pop classics like Jive Talking, Staying Alive, <clears throat> Night Fever, How Deep Is Your Love and Tragedy. Barry, the oldest of the three Bee Gees brothers, also went on to enjoy success outside of the band, most notably on Guilty, his duet with Barbara Streisand. If you wish to see this story in full, you can go to our Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. I often sing their songs during our vigils. You notice, every time you go to the case to get out the thermal imaging camera, I always sing, Night Vision, Night Vision. I know how to use it. <laughs> it's true. Are it's you like serious? Stimulus and response. You've never heard me sing that during a vigil. I try not to listen. You don't listen to anything. <laughs> Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? I have a ghost hunter left with rope burns. Claims she was strangled by an evil spirit. Evil. <laughs> yeah. I love the way you're doing the hand actions. No one can see. <laughs> you were almost Will like... Will you come a little closer? I'm going to show you some more. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Would you like to have minus two? How are them apples? <laughs> the good Lord giveth, and the good Lord taketh away. Gran of 24 Carroll Fieldhouse was probing spooky sightings at a former ropery building in Hull, Yorks. That's a great word, isn't it? What? Ropery? Ropery. <laughs> yes, yes. I went it to is. Taco Bell and it was coming out like ropery. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she developed the strange marks on her throat. The medium said she detected an evil presence in the former industrial building and hopes to return there to find out just what tried to strangle her. I'd want to go back. Why? I don't know. She just wants to go. Carol from Pontefract, York said. Yes, Pontefract. Is that right? They make fabulous licorice. Pontefract Yay. licorice. It's famous for licorice. When I got into one of the rooms, straight away we were being pinched, punched, and grabbed. I went two steps Sounds in. like a Friday night for Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Which bar's that? <laughs> she goes every week. It's early. <laughs> I went two steps in and felt a presence in there. If it could speak, it would have said, get out. Why didn't it just say get out? It couldn't speak. Apparently. <laughs> I'll give you the international sign for get out right now if that's acceptable. I'll give you two points if that's acceptable. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Carol then blacked out. She... <laughs> oh, God. That vodka really makes your ass sore, doesn't it? <laughs> 
when she came to, her neck felt like it was burning. And when she looked at it, there was a big rope mark on the left-hand side of her neck. She said, later, another mark appeared on the right side. It went all the way around in a complete circle and felt like a rope around my neck. So we're looking for the ghost of a Boy Scout, ultimately. Yeah, who tied a heck of a good knot. I couldn't sleep for a good few hours when I got home. The three-story ropery building, believed to be more than 200 years old, is located on Hull's historic docks and used to make ropes for fishermen. Those rope factories are like a mile long because rope, you can't Mm. break the rope. So those factories are long. It's like the world's longest bowling alley. They're long and thin. Why don't you just go around in a circle? The rope has to be taught and twisted. It's plaited, right? Well, to make the rigging. A I'm a sure circle. they know what they've a been doing. Circle. They've been doing this for 200 years, madam. They know <sighs> okay. what they're doing. It's a long, narrow building. Well, the bottom floor of the building, which is also rumored to have been built on a Jewish graveyard, still houses a company, but the upper two floors are derelict. When the ghost hunters reached a back room on the second floor, later assessed by Carol as being the only room in the building which had not been altered, the mark appeared. Wee, wow. She is now going wow. back to the room. Do we have to pay extra for sound effects? Have we got, have we yes, got, you do. We've got the license for that, have we? Yes. Remind me what that sound effect was in adjacent to. What was you describing there? Um, The mark appearing. I spent all my money on Bigfoot stock. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> She said, nothing puts me off. I need answers. <laughs> I gotta meet her. <laughs> I need answers and want to know what it was and why it did that, she added. There that's we go. It. So she's going back. That's an interesting story, Miss Morris. I shall give you two points and bring you up to a nice round zero. Again? I'm on four. Michelle's on four. Heather's on zero. Diane... Oh. Alan, Martin and Michelle are also still on too. A woman who has lived in the same house for 36 years says she's been repeatedly attacked and tormented by a ghost calling himself Jack the Ripper. Gaynor is it said she's even been dragged out of bed by her ankles, punched and whacked around the head by the thuggish spook. The terrifying tale has convinced paranormal investigator Mark Vernon that it's the real Jack the Ripper and he's back on the attack in Leicestershire, which is at least four hours north of East London, I might add. I'm sure Jack the Ripper never went to Leicestershire. He could have took the train. (laughs) (laughs) It It is possible. I will give you that. He could have thought to himself, I'm fed up with all the slashing. I'm going to have a day in Leicestershire. That'll sort me out A day in the country. Perfect. Mr. Vernon discovered the evil entity six months ago when he went to explore the Ripper's latest alleged target in Braunstone. Miss Izzet has called in countless priests and paranormal experts over the years, and she has said most of them run screaming from the spooky property. But when the Ghostbuster Mr. Vernon visited, he told the 58-year-old that the evil spirit that's been battering her is none other than Jack the Ripper. According to her, the angry ghost also burns Bibles and takes a particular dislike to religious people. That's a very angry atheist, isn't it, right there? Mm -hmm. The mum of two, a former carer, said, The ghost has been here for as long as I've lived here. The man that used to live here told me they were here before me as well. 
One in particular is very violent and aggressive. I've been dragged out of bed by my ankles, punched all over, whacked around the head, but I'll never move out. I love my home. All my <laughs> <Sorry>. kids <laughs> were brought up here and I won't be bullied out of it by a ghost. That's healthy. We've had priests and exorcists and all sorts over the years, but nothing makes a difference, so I've just learned to live with it. Gaynor is now living in the house alone after her partner, Andrew Belton, 43, who has also been attacked by the poltergeist, moved to a care home after an accident that left him paralysed. When uh, Mr. Vernon, oh. 51, first visited, he said, I caught a rather strange anomaly on camera. She was still getting attacked all the time when I first met her, and six months later she still is. It's constant abuse. I've heard the ghost talk. Its voice is with a cockney accent. I've had experiences with entities with cockney accents <coughs> before, and they're usually nasty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bloody cheek. Bloody cheek. I'm going to knock his lights out. So... He thinks this is Jack the Ripper solely because he has an East London accent. Yeah. What if he was hard of hearing and you had the ghost box on and he said he was Pat the Dripper and this is a ghost? <laughs> you could easily get mistaken. This is the ghost of a painter and decorator. This is where we are. His Pat name was Pat the, the Dripper. Dripper. Yes. Yeah. He's a decorator. They woke up one morning and someone had hung wallpaper in the middle of the night. It was incredibly scary. You could wake up and find all the undercoats been done on your trim. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be terrible. terrible. Horrors. The horrors. That brings us to the end of the round. That is Ghosts and Hauntings. Thank God. We've, oh yeah, that was a long <laughs> one, wasn't it? <laughs> we now move into the round. That is UFOs and Cryptozoology. It's Hairy Beasties and Green Men. Miss Morris, you're on zero. What have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? <laughs> Look at the faces you're pulling. This is radio. They can't. It looks like you're on the toilet. <laughs> no, it doesn't. You look like uh, you look like you're saving that one up. That's why you, you've saved that up oh, all week. Excuse me. You've gone in. <laughs> you've gone in there with the week's newspapers. That's the kind of movement of stall. <laughs> That Morgan Freeman is going to narrate on. <laughs> I have the best footage yet. This is why we don't have cameras in here. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> the best footage yet. The best footage. Of the mysterious Yowie. The Yowie? Yeah, it's a Yowie. I'm going to give you a Yowie. <laughs> Followed by a boo-boo. <laughs> I already got two. <laughs> Yes, I'm working with them. <laughs> it's a Bigfoot. <laughs> yes, Michelle. That was an insult. <laughs> but we got there in the end. <laughs> oh, it's a Bigfoot. She -like goes picture. home laughing at the jokes. <laughs> she drives home from the studio and bursts out laughing. I do that anyway. <laughs> a Bigfoot. Yes, oh, it's a Bigfoot-like yes. creature thought to roam the Australian outback. A Bigfoot-like creature dubbed the Yowie is thought to have been captured in amazing footage as it yomped through the woods. Yomp? What's a yomp? Yomping is what they do in the army when they want to cover long distances and they've only got their feet to use. So they yomp. They kind of go for it and march quickly. 
Oh, Come that's not what areas. I thought it was. <laughs> Come here, I'll give you a good yomping. <laughs> oh, don't cry, Michelle. It's your turn next. <laughs> the clip released on the Yowie Hunters YouTube page shows a dark creature walking through the dense forest in South Wales, Australia. In the 22nd video, a ranger can be heard exclaiming, It's too dark to be a kangaroo. Just as he finishes the sentence, an animal, which appears to be walking upright but hunched over, appears in the distance and makes its way through the trees, probably waving with a blanket over it. And said, good day, mate. That's right. <laughs> it is around 100 meters away from the witnesses who watch the amazing silence before it disappears. Recently, a walker claimed to have been stumbled upon a mythical creature while in Queensland's Darling Downs mountain ranges near Toowoomba. Toowoomba. Yeah, I near, get knocked down. Yeah, it's near Chumbawamba. <laughs> yeah. So it's near a place called Chumbawamba. Yeah. I didn't know you was an expert on Australian geography. Yeah. <laughs> so if we all go to Chumbawamba, we'll find a yowie. Yeah, and I'll give you a tub thumping. <laughs> the woman who I do that every night. <laughs> I it's get... more like a pail, isn't it? <laughs> it just makes me happy when Michelle gets in the bath after me. It makes me feel I've been intimate. <laughs> the woman who asked for her identity to be kept anonymous claimed to have been just six meters from the ape-like animal. It happens to me frequently. <laughs> she just... <laughs> wow, that's rough on Nathan. <laughs> She described a muscular seven-foot-tall no. creature with it. <laughs> I'm sorry I got that wrong. <laughs> with a head like a gorilla. <laughs> Is he single? <laughs> and long arms. Perfect. <laughs> wow, she... it's like being on Tinder. <laughs> She, how do you know what that is? <laughs> I've read a lot. <laughs> she told Yowie Hunter researcher Dean Harrison, I tried to get, I tried to get it to turn <laughs> around. Her <laughs> voice just broke live on air. <laughs> it started off with, I tried. <clears throat> I, I tried again. <laughs> I tried to get him to turn around. <laughs> Did one of them just drop? But I was scared. <laughs> We'll have Kevin and I didn't in. want it to aggravate him. <laughs> I don't even know what continent that is. I can't. Uh, it's Hillbilly Aussies. <laughs> Hillbilly Aussies. Oh, it's a new TV show. We get credit. We yeah. get credit. There's money to be made, I tell you. Uh, Mr. Harrison, who runs the Australian Yowie Research website, said there has been more than 10 sightings in Queensland in the past five years. The sighting was credible. It has all the telltale signs of the other sightings. The creature was muscular, had no neck. <laughs> <I'm sorry. Adrian. laughs> Quit looking at oh, wow. <laughs> That's like a mating call for Bigfoot. <laughs> We'll have Bigfoot banging on the door, thinking that's a matey. Every time. Fingers crossed. <laughs> wow. Savaged by the beast. Every time she snorts within a 20 mile radius, every Bigfoot in a wood suddenly raises up its head. <laughs> 
Oh, he also had deep eye ridges. <laughs> and broad shoulders, so he won't be getting through that door. <laughs> there you go. God, that was a long story. <laughs> I have a UFO story you'd be pleased to know. A family out walking on a Yorkshire moorland claimed to have captured a Star Trek-shaped UFO flying overhead. The dark grey object, which appears to have a halo around it, was snapped by Nicole Smith 19 on a smartphone during a family day out to Bronte Waterfalls in West Yorkshire. She was with her parents, Catherine and Shane at the time, and was shocked when she discovered the UFO on one of her photos. Her mum, Catherine, 49, from Normanton, said, We went for a day out in Hayworth and decided to drive to the moor and park near a footpath leading to the Bronte waterfalls. My daughter was taking random pictures of the sheep and the scenery on our way back to the falls. Hold on. Random. <laughs> pictures of sheep. It's a drive-by photograph of random sheep. I just wish your husband's name was Heathcliff. It's not, unfortunately. Oh. I think it's Colin. <laughs> it was. Right. I'm making. I've no evidence to back that up. It was only when we went back to our home she was scanning through the photos she had taken as she noticed the object in the picture. The picture has been studied by an American optical physicist formerly employed by the U.S. Navy. Dr. Bruce Maccabee, who is now a leading ufologist, said, "I'm not aware of anything that looks like this. The image is too small for good resolution." Other theories try to explain what the object is and they've emerged online. Posting on Facebook, Gary Raymer said it looks like the USS Enterprise, while Bruce Williams thinks it's the world's first artificial satellite saying it's clearly Sputnik returning to Earth. If you wish to see a photograph of this UFO, you need to go to our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. This looks exactly like the USS Enterprise. So I'm thinking a novelty balloon. Photoshop. Photoshop or possibly remote controlled craft. Could be. I should have read this story in the style of Captain James T. Kirk. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> well, that's killed that joke then, isn't it? <laughs> a family out walking on the Yorkshire Moorlands claims to have captured a Star Trek shaped UFO. No, it's just not working, is it? No, I tried, no, my, no, tried really. my best. <laughs> I know that frogs use vehicles like this to get around, but they normally use a croaking device. Uh. <laughs> Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? We're going back down under. Sweet. Yes. Great. <laughs> I look forward to that. Is there billowing squatch hair? <laughs> Once again... Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is um, a live thylacine allegedly caught on camera. A rather shaky video filmed in the Adelaide Hills earlier this year allegedly shows a live Tasmanian tiger. Nice. I thought they were extinct. So did everyone else. Believed to have been wiped out by intensive hunting practices, this shy nocturnal animal, which looks a bit like a dog, has remained a topic of debate and intrigue thanks to unconfirmed sightings across Australia, of which some believe to be Tasmanian tigers still surviving in the wild. There nice. must be more than one. If you go online, there's a very famous black and white photograph of a Tasmanian tiger taken in the 1910s or 1920s that was believed in a zoo 
to be the last one right. there it's, ever right. was. His name was Benjamin. Benjamin. <laughs> the, the last known thylacine in captivity was an individual named Benjamin, which died 80 years ago in the Hobart Zoo in Tasmania. See, I know my species. I'm mm -hmm. there on the money. I know such things. Mm -hmm. Although it was thought that some thylacines may have managed to survive in the wild for several decades afterwards, by 1982, authorities had declared the species officially extinct. This hasn't stopped people from continuing to report sightings of the animals, however. The latest such report, which hails from Adelaide Hills on the Australian mainland, centers around video footage of a dog-like animal with black stripes, which was spotted outside some houses. Nice. Yeah. You're we welcome. into the round that is strange and bizarre, because nothing we've had so far, of course, has been remotely strange. Or remotely bizarre. These are the stories from around the world that are too strange, too bizarre, not to read out on air, but are too good and don't fit into any other category. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a poop-tastrophe. Of course you do. <laughs> it's the return of the Phantom Turtle! Man's Roomba runs over dog poop and oh. spreads it all over the house. Spreads nice. it. <laughs> like Roomba, Roomba. <laughs> Nutella. That's not. That's just. These always make me. You read these stories out, you'll be dry gagging in a minute, I guarantee it. My own story. <laughs> I think I'll have every, to hand it off. <laughs> wow. Everyone in prison wants to see you hand it off and dry gag. <laughs> You're making a lot of criminals very happy, Michelle. Once again, you're welcome. <laughs> as long as we've got the criminal market, we're fine. Yes. <laughs> Do you know, I had high expectations three years ago. <laughs> Then we'd have a serious paranormal talk radio oh, no. show. Here it comes. <laughs> oh, no, it's building up. It's coming. <laughs> Come on, Michelle. Oh! I'm going to need a... I'm going to have to go and have a cigarette. Every Sasquatch in the Midwest is now sprinting towards the studio. We're not going to be able to move in that car park. We won't be able to move for Sasquatch. I'll go out. <laughs> so you can feel it rising, can you? How, how long do you get? Ten second warning? Five second warning? What no, you... it's longer than that. Is it? <laughs> if you give me the thumbs up, I'll crack a joke and you come in at the end. <laughs> as long as I've got a 30 second run up, I know where to judge it. But you're always too early. <laughs> <laughs> There's pills for that. <laughs> That's because in Britain we're metric and I'm not used to imperial. <laughs> so, serious paranormal news quiz. <sighs> when you're ready. <laughs> this hasn't happened to me before. Why don't we wait five minutes and try again? <laughs> they must wonder what we're doing in this studio because we go into the street. You're bright red. You're covered in sweat. I know. All your hair's messy. Crazy. The makeup's gone. <laughs> I swear to God there's no one in the southwest of Minnesota having as much fun in here as we are at the moment. 
<laughs> Unless you're in the car park surrounded by Swatch. <laughs> I love the Swatches. Yeah. And they love me. Oh, the horror. <laughs> <laughs> she's been on five episodes and she's acting. Six. <laughs> Six, yeah. I'm sorry. It just felt like five. That's how one man described the events that unfolded when his Roomba ran over dog poop, spreading a 25-foot trail of feces throughout his house. What's a nice. Roomba? That's a dance. Is that a Latin that- American dance? No. That's the Macarena. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cookie. You're not fooling me with that. <laughs> That the, little vacuum cleaner. The robot vacuum. Oh, the ra- okay. The vacuum. The yeah. vacuum. Mm-hmm. It went over and the poo. Yes. Everywhere. Yes. Jackson yes. Pollocks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. In a Facebook post, Jesse Newton said that his dog Evie defecated in the living room at some point between midnight and when his vacuum cleaning robot was set to run at 1:30 a.m. When Newton's four-year-old son awoke at 3 a.m. to crawl into bed with his parents. Newton smelled a strong odor, and he got out of bed and walked into a war zone of poop. Nice. In his living room. In the room. Yes. Newton documented the dramatic saga that unfolded as a cautionary tale to others. Put some detail on it. Go on. In the post, complete with a hand-drawn map of the poop trail, has since gone viral with more than 140,000 reactions and more than 200,000 shares. Do not, under any circumstances, let your Roomba run over dog poop. There's a lesson there for everybody. Yes. Moral. It's nothing more than a smear tactic. <laughs> if the unthinkable does happen, and your Roomba runs over dog poop, stop it immediately. What, should, pooping? And do not let it continue the cleaning cycle. <laughs> Newton was not so lucky. He recounts his attempts to clean the copious amounts of dried poop. How big was this dog? I'm thinking he's keeping a horse in there. <laughs> it's a Dane. It's got to be a Dane. It's got to be. Wow. Uh, he was trying to clean the copious amounts of dried poop from his living room and a failed effort at using a rug shampooer to remove the poop from the rug where it all started. There's people having their dinner listening to this. Yeah. Let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Some folks would shrug their shoulders and get back in bed and deal with it in the morning. But I'm not one of those people, Newton writes. Who suddenly thinks, oh, there's excrement all over the walls, all over the carpet. It's spread out like a Jackson Pollock painting. I'll know. I'll go back to bed for an hour. Why not? I mean... (laughs) The missus will do it when she wakes up. I'll pretend. Yeah, pretend you didn't see it and then... Have we come to a conclusion? No. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, in the early hours of the morning, he attempted to clean the Roomba, but forgot to take the batteries out before soaking it. As the waterlogged Roomba sputtered to its death, Newton had some harsh words. You're not just using profanity. You're inventing new types of profanity, Newton said of his reaction. You're saying things that would make Satan shudder in revulsion. You hope your kid stayed in bed because if he hears you talking like this, there's no way he's not ending up in prison. I don't uh, he'll know be writing Michelle that. then. Yeah. They could have just run a vacuum cleaner around. All this could have been solved. This is what happens trying to be lazy, trying to save time. But the tale has a happy ending. Ray. Yay! 
After a week of trying to fix the costly device, he called the store where he purchased the Roomba and he told them the story because it comes with a lifetime warranty and they are going to replace the Roomba that ran over the dog poop. I bet and they're not going to redecorate his house unless they find a ghost of a dead decorator. Pat the Dripper. Pat the Dripper. <laughs> Available at reasonable rates right now. Jackie Pat the Dripper. Jack Pat the Dripper. <laughs> Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre? Oh, I got something for you. Here we go. It's the re-return of the Phantom Timber! That's my gig. I do that. <laughs> you should have found a story then, shouldn't that's you? Mine. I do that. I enjoy doing that. That's the highlight of my week. Oh. I look forward to doing that. Do you see these things? You're rolling a bogey. <laughs> it's the world's tiniest fiddle playing a sad, sad song for you. Yes, and once again, we're on the radio. No one can see this stuff. <laughs> Heather's doing the universal national symbol of playing a small violin. I'm in charge of scoring, madam. You're on two and need the points. Hold on. Why don't you say that again? You're on two, <laughs> I knew it was wrong to leave her in charge of the knobs. <laughs> but I likes them. <laughs> Chinese media are reporting about an unusual court case today. Jam on toes. Yes. <laughs> a, a Chinese burglar was caught after he pooped on the ground at the victim's house. Can we do a week of stories where we don't have excrement involved? That nope. would be a pretty crappy week. <laughs> Just saying. It's the highlight of your week. It is. Okay. <laughs> Chinese defecation. Yes. Thanks to the forensic DNA analysis of his feces, oh. he could be arrested for the burglary and 286 other cases of theft. I wonder if he pooed at each oh, one. Oh, is that his calling card? That is common. Yeah. Burglars do do that in they Britain. Do do yes, it? on the doorstep. They do do. They do do. <laughs> That's excellent. To do, Ron, 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 to do, Ron, Ron. <laughs> <laughs> the 39-year-old man from Henan, known as Zhang. Zhang. <laughs> so this is Dudu Ron Ron Ron, Dudu Ron Ron, and his name's Zhang. <laughs> and he's from Henan. Okay. Are you getting into it I as much as the, I am right now? I want to get to the bar. I want to drink. Hurry I up. thought you wanted to get to the bottom I'll of this. I'll fire up the wheelchair. <laughs> Heather's getting the ribbon. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> During one of the cases where Zhang was breaking into a house when he needed to poop, uh, he stated to the court he couldn't hold it. It was frowning. <laughs> he was prairie dogging. The turtle head was poking out. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Not that badly that I break into someone's house. Quick, I gotta drop a deuce. <laughs> Can you imagine you break into the bathroom and there's a woman sat in the bath? Just give me two minutes. 
pull in a bridesmaid. <laughs> oh God. Well, he hadn't stolen anything yet when he left one. And he, he, pro- he pooped right on the floor next to her bed. That next to the terrible. bed? Was yes. she asleep? That's a shock when you're Not feeling for, for your slippers no. in the morning. Oh, yeah, unless they're warm and fuzzy. Oh. That's not Well, good maybe news. not fuzzy. Ugh. If they're the white fuzzy, it's definitely... How do you manage to defecate next to someone's bed and not wake them up? There's a lot, lot of straining and groaning and noises. But how he had well to go real s- bad. Yeah, and how well do you sleep? That's true. You could be a deep sleeper, couldn't you? I'd like to think even if no, I was No, I mean, a- how well do you sleep? I sleep very well, thank you. What time do you normally go to bed? Are you planning on breaking into my house and defecating <laughs> next to my bed? Because if we are, I've got issue with that. And I've got a tissue for you. Waking up in the middle of the night, seeing your ass cheeks hovering over my rug. I'll roll over and think, oh, it's okay. That'll be Heather Morris. She kind of intimated that something like this could happen. Uh, the suspect went to uh, Fangshan District Beijing Court today. The charges against him counted a total of 79 pages for dozens of cases of theft he consistently carried out over the past years. Zhang said that he is tired of working. And he used the money he stole for food and for watching movies at the Internet Cafe. So, poor Mr. Zhang, the moral of this story is that we should not poop on the floor. Agreed. (laughs) Just letting you know. I live by those rules. I want that on my gravestone. Here lies Adrian Lee. You shouldn't poop on the floor. (laughs) Rule number one in my book. That's part of the citizenship Once again, test. I'm glad there's rules. There are. <laughs> we now move into the final round of the evening that's called Not For Your Mother. This is the round we can't read out live on air for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine. These are the stories from around the week that contain innuendo, sexual content, things your mother would not want to hear if she's of a delicate disposition. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Well, I have something that everybody should take to heart. Take to heart. Mm -hmm. A man was so angry. How angry was he? So, (laughs) so angry. You heard the woman. She went, and clenched her fist. (laughs) On a scale of one to ten, that's at least an eight, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. He was so angry with his wife. He allegedly robbed a bank just so he could be caught and sent to prison. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a F my life situation. How is your dad? Oh. (gasps) Oh, Intake of breath. Now wait, it gives me. Lawrence John Ripple. Ripple. 70. Larry Ripple. (laughs) 70. 70. Robbed the Bank of Labor in Kansas City, Kansas on September 2nd by handing the teller a note saying, I have a gun. Give me the money. I like he went for the traditional approach. Yep. Then uh, he reports that after he told the teller that, who complied, he gave her a business card. (laughs) Ripple simply took the money and then he sat in the lobby of the bank and waited for the police to arrive. Well, he didn't really steal it then. No, he just sat there with just it. Yeah. Redistributed it yeah. within the same property. Then he told the security guard, I'm the guy you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> 
The newspaper says Ripple told investigators that he and his wife had argued and he no longer wanted to be in that situation. How bad must his home life be? Why didn't he just take up golf or fishing? That's what other men do when they're unhappy with their home life. Ripple wrote out his demand note in front of his wife and told her he'd rather be in jail than be at home. And that's when he took off and went to a bank. (laughs) To be fair, you get to sleep whenever you want. You get three decent meals a day. Yes. He probably is going to get more sex. Oh. It was there. You'd only be disappointed, Miss Morris. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you. No. Are we done? Poor is there Mr. More? Ripple. How how long has he been sentenced for? Do we know? Yeah, I don't know what his sentence is because he just did it he recently. He just did it. We need to find out He's, in the future. If I'll got send to, him a card. Yeah. <laughs> You've got his address, don't you? I'll find it. Yeah. I was thinking a signed photo would be the way to go. <laughs> Great. Imagine Art, the communications agency, has developed a prosthetic accessory that makes it possible to fiddle. With your testicles. Uh, Why do you need a prosthetic to do that? Well, you don't want to fiddle with your own necessarily, do you? Why? Huh? Well, you might get fed up with your own. You might want to fill someone else's. You Why? Might wanna... <laughs> it's stress relief. It's like those stress balls that you squeeze. Oh, I can get into that. Holiday. <laughs> There's your first purchase. <laughs> Holidays are the perfect excuse for doing the things that daily life normally gets in the way of. Going to the same beach every year, cremating steaks on the barbecue, taking up trekking without having a clue what it is, watching a nine-hour monster session of that series you read the spoilers for months ago, or simply sitting around and playing with your balls. It doesn't matter... Whether you have them or not, there are moments when we all, men and women alike, just need to play with our balls. So what's the problem? Returning to work after our much-needed holiday invariably means we just haven't got the time for it anymore. You do this in the elevator when there's no one around. This is the key. I don't do it. That's why Imaginart decided to create a galactic solution to the problems shared by millions of people and Heather Morris by collaborating <laughs> with one of the special effects engineers at the Oscar-winning Gravity, Rule Rodriguez Romeo. What was that? Rule <laughs> Rodriguez. Sounded a little bit Scooby-Doo to I me. I always Go have on. trouble with the three R's. <laughs> the results are nice balls. A dangling prosthetic suspension which creates an Euclidean curve that encourages relaxation and provides the few moments of escapism that we all need once in a while. Prosthetic testicles that stick to the underside of your desk so you can fiddle while you work. Are they hairy? Snow White had seven pairs. Oh. She was so busy. She didn't have time for housework. This is well, the mammals of the forest had to help her with her housework. No, they're not hairy. They're a plastic <laughs> prosthetic. Are they gummy? <laughs> I just haven't done the research. I just, I've just fallen short. I've had a busy week. I've had a lot on. I didn't do the research. Oh, uh, look, you sat in chewing gum. Oh, God. <laughs> Nathan's I'll, actually I'll looking. I'll sell some of my Bigfoot stock and get us a pair. <laughs> I'm going to buy you a pair of balls. <laughs> what a, can we get them half off? 
<laughs> That'll be one ball. <laughs> Buy one ball. Get, get one free. App <laughs> <laughs> <Out> now. <laughs> I'll take you up the chocolate aisle and we'll get some. Miss Morris, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? Speaking of balls. Go on. All it's right. a Willie story, isn't it? It's from Italy. Of course it is. Of course it is. Malta bene. Il non capisco sono inglese. Yes. Italy Supreme <laughs> Court. I don't know what that means. Uh, Italy Supreme Court rules masturbation in public is not a criminal offense anymore. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Hang on, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Note to self. <laughs> it makes you go blind and your hair falls out. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Adrian. <laughs> so you can practice onanism. Yes. In Italy. Yes. In public. Yes. And that's perfectly fine. Excellent. <laughs> I'm not good with that. You're not good with that. No. You could be walking along seeing the Leaning Tower of Pisa. You could be walking along, minding your own business, looking with your at balls in your hand, looking at the Colosseum, <laughs> because you're stressed. Yeah, feeling the gum, feeling the gum. <laughs> what funny tasting chewing gum! But wow, what bubbles! <laughs> 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 Masturbating in public is not a crime. The Italian Supreme Court has ruled, even if it is done so with a clear aim of being seen. The clear aim. <laughs> Yes, you got that, didn't you? Christ. I was afraid you'd miss it. Nearly had me eye out. Oh. <laughs> oh, with a clear aim of being seen by other members of the public, Italy's highest court, La Corte di Casseroli. <laughs> Is that similar to the court hot dishy? Is that similar to the court stewy? <laughs> Is that similar to the court soupe? <laughs> Is that similar to the court stroganoffe? Stroganoff? <laughs> stroke, stroke one off. <laughs> Would that be beef stroke one off? Depends. As long as it's not pork. Stroke one off. Well, anyway, the court was asked to rule on the case of a 69 don't year old man. Who had been caught masturbating in the southern city of Catania. Or something cat on you. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the countries we're not allowed to go into anymore. I I'm going to miss Italy. <laughs> I, I used to love Italy. <laughs> Identified only as Pedro L., the man has been convicted after he was seen taking out his penis and practicing autoeroticism in front of students at the University of Catania campus. <laughs> Yeah, but the Supreme Court judges said that a recent government reform meant the act is not included in the law as a crime, so he gets away with it. But in similar cases around the world have raised eyebrows in recent years, including that of a Swedish man caught masturbating on a beach in Stockholm 
who was acquitted of a sexual assault on the basis his actions were not directed towards a specific person. So let her fly elsewhere, boys. The thing is, <laughs> it's illegal to commit suicide. And that's an act upon oneself. You can be prosecuted for yes. attempting suicide. Well, I'm going to go to the UK now. Oh, good. It's not my dad, is it? No. <laughs> in the UK, the standard sentence for masturbation in public is around 14 days in prison. That's a long stretch. Not really. Though it can vary based on a range of circumcision factors. Circumstances. <laughs> Circumstances. <laughs> It's okay, he was circus-sized. <laughs> the crime appears to be based on Section 28 of the Town Police Clauses Act 1847, which states... 1847? Yes, which states that it is an offense for anyone to willfully and indecently expose his person in a street or public place. But my favorite! It is a common urban legend that masturbation in Indonesia is punishable by decapitation. You get your head cut off. Which one? The big one. <laughs> is it the big one or is it the little one? It's is it the both. bigly or the littlely? It just said it was an urban legend. It's not true either way. Oh, yeah, it does say it's not true, according to... <laughs> I'm wasting precious minutes of my life listening to you making shit up. <laughs> the sentence is actually only 32 months in prison. 32 months in Indonesia. Yeah, with for, your little head. For a tug. Yes, and well, I can, I can send you some balls. To be learned. <laughs> I have my own. I don't have to pay for any. They're you can there. play with your own. It's not like I use them very often, but it's can nice to know they're there. Can you rent them out? Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? I have a Briton was told his horse penis remark could have led to war between Kyrgyzstan and the UK. Kyrgyzstan yeah. and the UK. Yep. Over a horse war. penis? This means war. I don't even know where that is. I can't point to that on a map. No what, idea. Couldn't a horse penis? I can point. Yeah, it's like pin the tail on the donkey, isn't it, for kids? <laughs> wrong those, area. Wrong, wrong area. area. <laughs> right, kids. Happy birthday to Johnny. We're going to have a game of pin the penis on the donkey. <laughs> That's why I couldn't be a children's entertainer. <laughs> Help me out, Michelle. A British mine worker thrown out of Kyrgyzstan for a remark about a local delicacy, which is a sausage made out of horse meat, has claimed that police warned him he could have sent the country to war with the UK. Cock and chips, please. <laughs> <laughs> is he a mime worker? Like, he's doing mime. Like, I'm pulling on a rope. Now I'm trapped in a glass no, elevator. Mine, not mime. Mime. Not mime. I was wondering what kind of work you're doing as a mime worker in Kurdistan. Are they short of mime artists out of there? <laughs> Heather's milking a cow. I don't know. <laughs> Michelle's trapped inside a glass box. Mime's really not for the radio, is it? I'm going to continue with using the art of mime to deliver my story. Here we go. Scotsman Michael McBeat, who is now at home in Perthshire, told the Sunday Post newspaper that he had been banned from entering the former Soviet country for five years. 
It's a nice. It's a like. It's a, it's a sexy time. <laughs> I like. <laughs> I make love piss on your blouse. <laughs> what? <laughs> my, si- my sister What's is a mouse three piss? prostitute. <laughs> God. We have sex explosion now. <laughs> no, no. What was the brother's name that they kept in the cage? I give you love we. <laughs> He said he believed that the traditional dish was actually a horse's penis. (laughs) Do you want that to go? (laughs) (laughs) But the remark offended and angered his co-workers. He told the newspaper that he was smuggled out of the (laughs) cumter. What? I don't care what that word is. We'll just keep that in. (laughs) Make that one up. Gold mine after being informed that an angry lynch mob was coming to get him. (laughs) That's the universal sign of someone hanging themselves. (laughs) After a nine-hour journey, (laughs) during which he claims a vehicle in which he was traveling was rammed by two cars. Oh, see how she got that in there? Yes, you're welcome. McFeet was arrested by police at Manus Airport near Birshik and held <laughs> under racial hatred laws. Oh. <laughs> Donkey sausage. Oh, man. <laughs> That's terrible. He can't go back. My, The police told me that my, my act... <laughs> Oh, Christ. Can you, I want to go home. Everybody's got an act. Oh, the police told me that my act could send Kyrgyzstan to war with the UK. After a court appearance and an apology, McFeet was driven to the airport to board a flight to Edinburgh. There you go. <laughs> I was told there was a 17-page petition <laughs> demanding that I be jailed. And then the mine went on strike after I left, so they were making an example out of me. I don't exactly get the connection there, but McFeet told the Sunday Post, I've always been up for a joke, but this one, <laughs> this was one time I wasn't joking, and it's been blown all out of proportion. It's been blown, huh? Out yes. of all proportion. Out of all oh, way proportion. out of proportion. There's a lesson. If you're in Kurdistan, you get given the local delicacy, don't say it looks like a horse's penis. You can't say this show's not informative, right? Right. Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. It is Heather Morris, who scored one splendid point. (laughs) (laughs) Diane and Alan in Florida scored two. Martin in New York scored two. Michelle in New York scored two. I scored six. And Michelle is tonight's resplendent first place winner and gets the $33,000 IR camera. Isn't it noticeable that Heather Morris finishes last when we've had three people from well over America score more points than you? I'm proud. I'd be very happy with that. (laughs) Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of defecation stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of feces, paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre 
and weird. Please tell all your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And remember, we now do an extra 15 to 20 minutes of the show in a round called Not For Your Mother that we can't read out live on air, but is accessible in our archives if you go to soundcloud.com and type in MQTA radio my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Tom drainer nathan bush michelle corrie sarah and adam hyatt and dustin and all at the international paranormal society intparanormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lex area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting